Hello, this is Father Kelly recording from the Magdala Guest House in Migdal, Israel. I might be speaking a little bit quietly because it's right around midnight here, and I don't know if I have people in the hotel rooms next to me, so forgive me if it's a little quiet at times. Uh, I've limited things with me. I don't have headphones to know quite how loud it's coming through, so uh, bear with me if it doesn't work out quite right. So I wanted to do like I did last year and give hopefully day-by-day accounts of what's going on with my pilgrimage. Um, It seemed to work out well when I came to the Holy Land last year, and uh, I hope it is affirming and uh, helps pray. you guys pray for me, uh, but also certainly good for me as well to give a recap of the day and remember everything that's happened, uh, especially the beginning of this pilgrimage, because it's not as if I've started from nothing, if you will. This is actually leg three of many other trips that I've been going on. So I began with right after Christmas, which of course is its own adventure, uh, going for a week to the Focus, or rather SLS conference, which is a, a leadership-focused version of the Focus, as in Fellowship of Catholic University Students uh, group. So it was a conference focused on leadership uh, that we took four college students to from Swasu to uh, get them engaged uh, more I'm going to say more practically, to to give them the skills to be more proactive for campus ministry. They were motivated about it already, but it's good to have uh, concrete, objective training for what you're doing. And in fact, uh, right now I'm getting little blips on the group messaging app because they are meeting with our new campus minister uh, to go over what they learned and start using those skills because the uh, semester at Swasu began today. Uh, So it's difficult for me to not be there, but it's in a sense, good, because I just have to pray for them from a distance. That's all I can do, which is a good spiritual lesson that it's not about my own manual labor, but that prayer is actually the most important thing. So that was the week after Christmas, but then uh, I went out for that basically Sunday night through Saturday morning, did the weekend masses in Weatherford, and then had the chance to take a a little little vacation time, Uh, went to... Crested Butte, Colorado, with some with some buddy priests of mine, uh, just kind of hung out, uh, enjoyed a hot tub, went snowboarding, did sort of the mountain town life for a few days. Drove back to Oklahoma, uh, exchanged my dog between houses because he can't come to Colorado or the Holy Land, uh, and then packed up, got on a plane, uh, my and now I'm here. So. Uh, the day one of the pilgrimage was uh, well, begun with an alarm at 5 a.m. Got up, uh, took a quick shower, got a ride from my mom to the airport, was standing in line to check my bag at 6.15 on Sunday morning, and then fortunately another priest was covering for me at the parish, of course. Uh, checked my bag at 6.15, got to the ter- got through the terminal nice and easy because Will Rogers is a, is a brief place. And was on my way to Dulles, or to Washington Dulles Airport, uh, where I everything was fine with that flight. Um, but then a little bit of a problem because my flight that was supposed to go from Washington to Newark was delayed from wherever it was inbound from. I think Canada somewhere. So uh, I had a decision to make because, as it was, it looked like. 
it was going to be really close to make my connecting flight to Tel Aviv, uh, as it kind of you know was delayed once and then as happens delayed again. Uh, the math was working out that I would probably land in Newark, literally as the flight that I needed to be on was you know closing the gates and taking off. I was going to land two terminals away, so there was really a slim chance that I could land, cross two terminals, and get on the next plane. It, you know, it might have been possible, but it didn't seem like it was. So I thought about it for a minute and made a a prudential decision thinking about what the spirit of this pilgrimage is supposed to be. You know, I could have rushed and been stressed and tried to bust my butt between terminals, probably gotten there late, been upset about it, then had to wait for, it would have been seven more hours in Newark to wait for a flight, the next flight at 11 p.m. from Newark to Tel Aviv. Or I could just, because I had seen in the hallway a big advertisement for direct flights from Washington Dulles to Tel Aviv. So I asked, and they said, oh, yeah, we've got one uh, later. And it would arrive literally only 10 minutes apart from the flight from Newark. So I made the choice to um, sort of sacrifice the other flight that I was prob- that probably wasn't going to work out and take the later one just from where I already was. So I, w- I did arrive a bit late, but I only had one flight then, one other flight that day instead of two other flights. And so I, I erred on the side of moving slow, which is, if you know me, something I'm not always good at doing. It's very easy for me to try to do all of the things, to maximize and to, to push. And so it was, I think, a good choice to just go, okay, let me take the slower not lazier, but the, the the option that will allow me to arrive, maybe not immediately on time, but arrive in a better state of mind. Because if it's going to be a pilgrimage especially, you can't pray if you're rushed. If you're frantic and uh, you know running around like trying to make deadlines, it just doesn't work out well for prayer. And I think I got lots of affirmation that I made the right choice. So I wait around at uh, Dulles, you know, take a walk, have a good dinner, uh, do some praying, do some reading, talk to front of the phone for a while. Uh, eventually, get on the plane. Um, had a lovely flight. Um, didn't take the meals uh, or even really anything to drink, um, which is unusual for me. Again, I'm I trying to be a maximizer. Well, it's free food. I should take it. Like, well, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not doing anything but sitting here. So, uh, and it worked out well. I, much to my own surprise. Uh, was able to sit in one seat on a 10-hour flight and never get up the whole time, uh, which because I had a window seat uh, would have w- was good because it would have been quite a pain to crawl over people and get to wherever the bathrooms were in the plane. And it was, on the whole, a lovely flight. Um, I had a little prayerful moment. I mean, I prayed several times, of course, on the flight, literally the hours and things like that. Uh, but I began to pray night prayer at who knows what time it actually was, night at some point, but uh, the antiphon for Sunday night prayer is, night holds no terrors for me, sleeping under God's wings, which is a very beautiful antiphon that we pray every Sunday, uh, but I, because I was moving slowly and not frantically rushing on this, I was able to notice that uh, it made a nice 
comparison that the antiphon of sleeping under God's wings and not being afraid was a nice prayer to have when you're sitting on top of metal wings and something that might be scary. And, you know, because flying over the Atlantic Ocean, uh, you know, planes are pretty safe, but if things go wrong, they go really wrong. And so uh, it was, uh, it turns out to be very true that I, night, night held no terrors for me, and I slept quite well throughout the whole, most of the entire night on the plane. Uh, one of the best nights of sleep I've had on a overnight flight like that. Uh, so night holds no terrors for me sleeping under God's wings, even when you're sitting above metal wings. So I landed in Tel Aviv at 4.30 p.m. local time. I think I moved uh, seven hours forward. So uh, though this is sort of the end of day two, it hasn't been totally 48 hours. I guess it's 41 hours, uh, but still technically day two of the pilgrimage. So I went through passport control, walked up and grabbed my bags, uh, found the driver with my name on him in the sort of pickup area outside the airport. All went totally smoothly. Um, fortunately, I've been here before. I was here last year, same airport and everything like that, so I knew uh, what to look for. I wasn't surprised by what was in the airport or how things worked. Um, it was a bit of an unusual thought to you know, think, you know, in the past it would have blown me away that I could effectively by myself fly to Israel and make it through customs and all that sort of stuff and get in a taxi and make it two hours away to a hotel next to the Sea of Galilee. And none of that was any stress at all. Just, okay, this is next, this is next. Um, just one of those uh, adult things, I guess, that you uh, maybe pre-life specifically when you travel as much as pre-send up traveling. Uh, things you never thought you'd be so comfortable with, and yet here they are. <laughs> it also struck me as kind of funny that I got, you know, I, I come to the loading area, and there's a guy with holding a sign with my name on it, and I shake my hand, shake his hand, and you know, let him know that I'm the guy on the sign, and I follow him up to a desk and pay some people some money and get in his car, and obviously everything worked out. I'm here and safe; nothing went wrong. But it did make me kind of chuckle to myself that sure put a lot of trust in that paper sign. I mean, who's going to know that I'm coming and make a sign to trick me, I guess? But, you know, as I'm putting my luggage in his in the trunk of his car and getting into, getting into the back seat of this car that I've never seen and with this man I've never met, it uh, just made me laugh about uh, how much trust we put in things that don't have much proof. But... You know that's the way world the world works sometimes, and it did work out well. I did I did trust who'd organize the the person to come pick me up, uh, but it was a bit of a a funny thing. You wouldn't do that really in in any other context in life. Yet in this situation, it made sense. But the blessings continued. Uh, like I said, things have worked out very well today. Um, taking this intentional attitude of going slowly, um, the long taxi ride. Uh, actually was a blessing in itself as well because it was yet more time of, of quiet. Um, no offense to the bus that I would have been on had I been on time, uh, but that would have been a lot noisier around a lot more people. Um, I would have been talking to people, I'm sure, and it would have perhaps set more of a social precedent for this trip. Um, I'm such an extrovert. It's easy to, oh, look, people to talk to and, and really get you know engaged with that. But I've, I really want to be more 
um, contemplative and quiet on this. So again, I think it was better in the end that um, I had this quiet car ride to myself uh, rather than being on a bus. Um, And even that was provided for because uh, as I was opening some extra envelopes of prayer requests on the plane, uh, one of them had money in it that I wasn't expecting. And this is one of those graces that it turns out that the amount of money in the envelope uh, was pretty much perfect for the honestly rather expensive taxi ride. Um, I would have been able to afford it before, I suppose, but uh, it really uh, was a a good grace. It seemed to have been laid out by the Lord that way that uh, though I had this delayed flight, the money I needed to pay for the extra taxi ride that I incurred because of it and that was in a being very beneficial turned out to be right there in my pocket uh, and with some left over too after the taxi tipping the driver some for lunch tomorrow um, but it was one of those things of oh look here's what that money was for that's why I was given that so thank you to whomever that was I think you know who you are arrived at the Magdala Hotel um, the other priests in the group were already having a mass with the cardinal who's leading the group Um, So I didn't get in on that Mass. I think they were probably uh, in the preface or so when I got there. Um, But the um, hotel staff, if you will, um, knew that I would want to celebrate Mass probably. So uh, they immediately set me up in a little side chapel. And uh, it was actually a wonderful thing because I was able to uh, celebrate the Mass that has the prayers and gospel for casting out into the deep, Duke in Altum. Uh, and it's in a little chapel decorated as Peter, or the, the mosaic on the back wall is Peter walking on water, you know, begins to sink and Jesus draws him out again. And um, so it was, I was able to uh, use those particular prayers uh, and those particular gospel reading to cast out into the deep uh, as, well, and to offer it for our campus ministry in Weatherford, uh, specifically you know, that we may have the courage to cast out into the deep as we really try and dial up campus ministry for the salvation of souls, right? To reach Catholics and even uh, more than Catholics in the Weatherford campus. Um, which, sidebar, you might think it's odd that uh, I could I could pick which prayers and gospel need to use because uh, usually they're assigned to a certain day. But that's one of the things that is often done in at uh, holy sites. We have permission from the church to use uh, particular readings and you know do a particular mass in a particular place. So, you know, for example, the church in the, the church of the nativity where Jesus was born, you always use Christmas mass, no matter what day it is. So this pilgrimage site, there's permission to use the Duke and Altum, the cast out into the deep readings, even if it's not the day that that would usually occur uh, in the lectionary. So um, I was able to offer this private mass, uh, some little side blessings to do with that. Uh, some sort of affirming to me in a way. Uh, they put, uh, without me asking or saying anything, they put a little image of Arlene de Guadalupe on the altar as well next to the crucifix and uh, the the sacristan or a priest that helped set up. I think he's actually the, the coordinator of the entire facility, but he's an Irishman. So it was delightful to, to hear the Irish accent uh, and then have Arlene de Guadalupe there as well, uh, both as, as a surprise, but those are both things that are uh, dear to me. So it was, a, again, an affirmation that, uh, in a sense, I am where I'm supposed to be. I had some 
after mass, had dinner with the, with the other priests and did, did meet some of them and had a little bit of conversation. Uh, met a priest from Brooklyn who uh, knows Hart's home, whom my friend Carrie uh, is a missionary with. And so that was a little uh, connected blessing there. Again, some affirmation the Lord is at work here. And then after dinner, a nice uh, nighttime walk around the campus, uh, walked around the church, went down close to the water, you know, saw the moonlight reflecting the Sea of Galilee, and prayed a rosary as I looked at the uh, the ruins of the place around here, uh, the, the town of Magdala, as in Mary Magdalene, um, or at least you know, suspected that this is the town of that. Um, so it was a very blessed evening. Everything worked out well. Uh, 40-something hours of travel. Uh, and then tomorrow, we start at 8 o'clock in the morning, which I think is, what, 1 a.m. in Oklahoma. Um so we get on and we're going to Caesarea Philippi and the seas of the shore of Galilee. So that's my day one and two of the pilgrimage. Uh, already many blessings received and uh, affirmations that this is where I am to be and that things are going well. So please pray for me and know of my prayers for all of you. Know that I'm offering uh, any, any specific prayers given to me. I'm offering them by name. I have them all written down uh, every day of the pilgrimage. So look for those uh, graces to be received and for God to pour out his blessings. God bless.